Super Talk Mississippi media production. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Well, good Monday afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another week of the Eagle Hour on Super Talk Mississippi. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson. We're in the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and in Laurel. And we're glad you're with us around the state this afternoon, wherever you chose to tune in, or whether it be online. Welcome to another week of the Eagle Hour. All right, we're going to have a Dick Sandlin update for you a little later in the show. We'll be visiting with Kelly Sander as well. Okay, lining up what's going to be a great week for you. We'll be talking a little football as the week progresses, uh, working uh, to uh, hopefully to uh, get Eric Richards uh, on the show this week, along with his field and track and field coach. Uh, Eric Richards finishing up an illustrious career here at Southern Miss in track and field. Uh, so lots to look forward to, and we hope that you'll join us each and every day. Opening segment of the show is sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, and we're always happy to support uh, Dickie's. We think the food's delicious. They prefer it seven days a week. And we'll remind you, too, that Dickie's is a great catering venue if you have some summer activities coming up. Maybe a Fourth of July get-together just around the corner. Dickie's would be a great uh, a great source for catering delicious food. We guarantee you your guests will enjoy it. All right, Luke joins me from uh, the beautiful studios of downtown Laurel. And Luke, this was a this was a pretty important weekend on the on the Southern Miss campus uh, regarding football, even though the guys aren't playing yet. Yeah, Bob, those prospect camps, and and of course, we're now where you can actually meet with with prospects in person. That kind of started about a week ago, and a lot of coaches really excited about that. Uh, official COVID, you know, recruiting restrictions are are over the dead period over, and so there was a ton of uh, high school football players in the rock um this past uh, saturday you can go uh, on twitter some of that footage is up from southern miss football just lots of kids and we can't say enough how important it is to have kids on campus and see uh, what southern miss football is about see uh, you know the facilities and expose them to you know this this great coaching staff this great new coaching staff so a lot of local kids and and what i saw bob i think is really important too you saw you know Guys bring in their teams, um, and and you see multiple not not just individuals but like high schools in, in the region and locally, but but outside the region too. Bring in multiple players on campus, and from a recruiting perspective, that's what you want. You want your high school program connected, uh, you know, to a to a D one university. And for Southern Miss, you know, Will Hall with all his Mississippi connections, you want Southern Miss popping up as one of the first schools in a locker room in the minds of high school kids, and that's where connections start, and that's what recruiting is all about. We're going to uh, get one of the most iconic high school football coaches uh, for many in many years on the show tomorrow. Uh, kind of be a surprise for you, but he's going to talk to us about what you're doing this time of the year to uh, to get ready for football. But in a nutshell, uh, Luke, what right now are, are the guys on the football team doing? We're about what about eight 
eight, maybe nine weeks out uh, from the opening of football season. What, what do you think is going on right now within the Southern Miss football program? Uh, strength and conditioning coach uh, Lance Ancar is working their everlasting tails off, and and so some of the some of the things that you hear from him, and if you follow Coach Ancar on on Twitter, you will see he is a he's he's in the mold of of the best strength and conditioning coaches there are. He is, he, he doesn't take no for an answer, no excuses, high energy guy, and uh, the thing that I've heard is is that they've never worked this hard in their life, and and they love it. Um, and so you, you've got a, a guy in that position that, you know, with the conditioning and, and with the strength, uh, really believe in what he's doing. And, and he comes from a, a pedigree of, of programs that have had success like that. Um, a couple more things to, to let people know about Bob. This was, uh, not only big having kids on campus, but the Golden Eagles actually got two new football commits over, over the weekend. I'm going to pronounce the first uh, young man's name wrong, but I think it's Elias. Uh, Fuave, and if we have Heath on later this week, he can tell us. But he's a defensive end. He's a class of 2022 out of Pensacola, Florida, uh, committed to Southern Miss 6'3", 240. Um, we were the, the first school to offer him, and he has uh, he has committed to Southern Miss. That's big. And, and the reason that's big is that, that shows you that, that we're already in, in the panhandle footprint, that we've got kids committing. Um, so uh, Fuave... Uh, and Heath will correct me later on. Uh, defensive end, 6'3", 240 out of Pensacola, Pensacola Catholic High School. He commits to Southern Miss. And then right when Will Hall came in, we were talking about this young man, Peyton McKinnon, um, originally from well, no, he's, he's from Perk, uh, from, from Gulf Coast Community College. I was trying to figure out where he, where he was originally. Anyway, big kid targeted. I called Jones College games last year. He was a part of that 200 yard plus rushing attack for, uh, for Perk, for Gulf Coast. Uh, of course, as far as they've gone the last few years, national championship stuff. But he was a young man that Southern Miss targeted from the beginning. He is, for, according to some people, he's 6'7". According to other people, he's 6'8". Weighs 310 pounds, and he was a target of the Hall coaching staff early on. And uh, because we were first on him, he kind of he just kind of wanted to see the landscape of the land. FAU offered him, Central Michigan offered him, Tulane offered him. He got a few more offers, but uh, over the this weekend, I believe late Friday, early Saturday, Peyton McKinnon from uh, Gulf Coast Community College commits to the Golden Eagles. Uh, he will be a guy that could instantly come in and play right tackle or left tackle, and that is a huge get for Southern Miss because it shows what it what it shows is is that the guys that Will Hall targets on and other people jump on later he can still pull them back in. So Peyton McKinnon from from Gulf Coast offensive line monster on the on the edge. Uh, he's coming in and he's going to be a Golden Eagle. All right, it's some sort of related football news and this is sad news for me and and uh, we're following we'll be talking a little later of course about uh, a former baseball player here but a former quarterback here uh, has gone from being a Golden Eagle to a Philadelphia Eagle, Luke. Nick Mullins uh, agreeing to terms today with uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, and of course that's been a, a wild and, and wacky quarterback situation up in Philly. Um, with you know Carson Wentz is 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 gone, and uh, Jalen Hurts is up there, and and I guess for me, you know I had, I had a friend text me this earlier today too, and I totally agree with it. I think maybe the Saints and and some more teams missed out 
on um, on Nick Mullins simply because here's a guy that has started in the National Football League has has done decent when he's come in. Um, but yeah, he's he's going to be a Philadelphia Eagle, and uh, for the 49ers appeared in in 19 games, 16 starts, 64 65 percent completions, 4700 yards, 25 touchdowns. So Nick Mullins is a guy that that uh, you you kind of feel like he's on the borderline. If he got in the right system, he could you could could excel as a starter. But certainly uh, is one of the, if not the best uh, backup quarterback in the National Football League because of his experience with the 49ers. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that the 49ers let him go because, like you like you say, he he played pretty well at times when he came in for the 49ers. I don't think they lost games because of Nick Mullins. What, what do you think uh, What do you think was the, the formula there that allowed the 49ers to go in another direction? Just – just too much personality in in the quarterback room now. You Garoppolo is your uh, short term guy, and of course, third overall, they drafted Trey Lance, who's a project quarterback, but maybe some of the best skills uh, in, in a quarterback prospect in the last few years out of uh, out of North Dakota State, and so they draft him third overall. And so you you thought Nick would go somewhere else when when they didn't have that other quarterback. Shanahan had a tight grip on Nick Mullins because he he knew what he had, uh, a guy with high quarterback intelligence. Um, and, and let's be honest, <laughs> Nick Mullins a couple years ago made George Kittle one of the best tight ends in the NFL because he threw to him like 800 times in that season. But, right. um, yeah, it just, just with, uh, Lance now is going to be, uh, the protege and he's going to be the guy of the future for the 49ers. And there's a lot of teams, um, that, that could be kicking themselves, uh, because of, when, when you have a guy like that that's talented and is, is steady like that, it makes your starter a, a whole lot better. So Jalen Hurts will, uh, will benefit from Nick Mullins also. Back to Southern Miss football, the last 30 seconds left in the segment. I, I think the one thing that I sense more than anything else from people that I talk to, Luke, is a, uh, is a new atmosphere, a, a new energy, a, a new excitement among the football players and staff. That's good. Uh, I, I am. I'm excited too, and I think you're exactly right. I was. I was reading over social media this weekend, and you know, people from the outside uh, coming on recognize uh, the energy of this staff and and doing things right. And the word that keeps getting tossed around, you know, with with the kind of the the leadership mindset that Will Hall has taken is, is servant leadership. I mean, think about this. Will Hall is the head coach, and yet a lot of that head coach stuff he's handed off to Reed Stringer because he wants to be hands-on and 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 do stuff himself so you've got a you've got a leader that's that's exhibiting like that uh you know characteristics so if Will Hall were on the show right now we would probably hear him as we go to a segment to the top baby <laughs> another former Golden Eagle baseball player really making a name for himself in Major League Baseball Nick Sandlin update next on the Eagle Hour Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net, the go-to place for your Southern Miss apparel. They're located on Harley Street 
right across the street from the Southern Miss campus. You can also shop them online at campusbookmart.net. I guarantee you they got great summer merchandise in the store right now. You can uh, enjoy the upcoming summer months in your latest Southern Miss apparel, and you can find it for everybody in your family at Campus Bookmart, campusbookmart.net. Well, I tell you, a former Golden Eagle that's really making a name for himself uh, is Nick Sandlin, and our friend Al Holder has been keeping close tabs on Mr. Sandlin. We're going to talk about Nick Sandlin, some of the other Southern Miss kids right now uh, in the minor leagues, and some that may be headed uh, to professional baseball. But first, Al, tell us about Nick Sandlin. I tell you, you keep me updated, and it just seems like the news just gets better and better. This kid is really establishing himself in Major League Baseball. If, if he stays healthy, I predict he's a superstar. He, so far, he's been in 13 games. His win-loss is 0-0. His ERA is 2.4. He's pitched 15 innings with 21 strikeouts. His whip is .73, which is, like, excellent. And his ERA in the last seven is 1.35. He's just uh, – they use him as, a like, a stopper if, if – if the games start to get out of hand, they bring him in and he shuts them down. He's just, he's just awesome. He's just awesome. I've gotten a chance to see him a few times, you know, just from the center field camera, and it's that ball is the same as it was when when we had him in Hattiesburg. He's just just doing great. Yeah, but he, it, physically he looks completely different to me. It, it looks like they have really bulked him up, put a lot of weight on him, muscle yep. weight. And I guess that's that's to match the strength and uh, the skills of the guys he's facing these days. Yeah, and and it's uh it's it's a, it's a kind of a loose weight. It's not like a a, a muscle bound weight. It's a, a he he's real limber, and, and but he's a lot thicker. And his particularly in the legs, and you know that's where they really put an emphasis on uh, the legs because that's you know that's where you get your uh, velocity and the dent in your index finger, but. He's uh yeah he's a he's a got a different body, but he still throws the same stuff and he's coming in from the from the side and three quarters and you know he's he's in the mid nineties it, uh, it it's just got to be fearsome to the batter. <laughs> Greatest Southern Miss pitcher in history? Uh, I would say yes. Uh, not, I don't think it's in question. If, yeah. if, if he continues the way he's going, no question. No. Yeah. All right, Luke, get in here with Al. Al, um, of course, uh, before we get to, to anybody else in the minors, talk talk Matt Walner, uh, high A uh, affiliate of the Minnesota Twins, Cedar Rapid, Rapids Colonels. Uh, we, we know he started off well, uh, but he has kind of maintained. Uh, it's kind of funny it, when one of the strikes against Walner was, is he going to strike out a lot? But, you know, his his average is, is pretty good um, right now so far for uh, Cedar uh, for Cedar Rapids. That's spelled K-E-R-N-E-L-S, as in corn kernel. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, he's had 66 at-bats, and his average is 333. He's hit home, uh, four home runs, 14 RBIs. Uh, he has zero stolen bases. His OPS is excellent. It's 1.005. And, uh, he, but he's, right now he's on disabled his right wrist. So I don't know, you know what's going on there, but uh, that's, uh, that's where he is. McCarty. Just so people know, because well. go ahead. 
Real quick on Walner, too. You know, when you look at for a power hitter, you look at OPS, and OPS is on base percentage, and then you add the, the slugging in. So basically, say yep. how often yep. does he get on base and how many right. bases is he getting when he gets on base. And so anything okay. over 1,000 is is phenomenal. And, and so Walner's yep. doing there. Yeah, yeah. Tell us about uh, Mouth of the South and now Mouth of the Midwest, Kurt McCarty. <laughs> he's still at AAA, and uh, the, the, he's, he's a starting pitcher now. He's been in seven games. He's five and zero. His ERA is at four thirty two. He's pitched forty one innings, thirty strikeouts, and his WHIP is one point one three. And uh, you know that's that's a very good WHIP. Anything point nine or better is better is is good. And uh, so he's he's uh, he's uh, he's doing pretty good over there. I think they're they're they got. I think they like him. I think he gets people out, and they they like him. Yeah, it, it seems as if uh, Kurt's also 5-0 and this year. You know, if he were to make the show, um, I, I feel like he's going to be, and, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, I kind of feel like Kurt could be a multi-inning long reliever. He's a guy that can go out there and get you two or three three innings um, because he, he's used to facing multiple people in the order. Not sure that he'll ever be a you know a, a major league starter, um, just because maybe some of the size. But he sure proves us wrong. Uh, but I feel like you know he could be a very good bullpen arm should he uh, step up and make the show. Yeah, Kurt, he he was always a bulldog. You know he just he stuck his chin out and came right at you. I don't know how. I'm sure they're developing pitches with him, and I agree with you that that's that's probably a good slot for him coming in the second or third. The Cleveland's had some issues with a couple of these guys. Uh, you know, getting hammered in the first and second inning, and that's when they've been bringing Sandlin in. I still think Sandlin's going to going to end up a closer. I just that's where I think he belongs. And uh, so, uh, but I, again, I don't know, and I'm not up there looking at him all the time. But it just it just seems like that's a, that would be a good fit all the way around for both he and Kirk. Are you two guys surprised at the success? Uh, I think everybody expected it out of Nick Sandlin. Let me go to you first, Luke. You surprised at the success that Kirk McCarty's having? No, because I mean, part of it is Kirk, Kurt's brilliant, and uh, and we, we, we some of you may find that hard to believe. No, the dude really is a genius, and so that's what plays into his strength. He's a smart pitcher, and so when you combine bulldog with intelligence, I mean, that's a that's a foe to be matched. He's five and zero this year in the minor leagues, and I'm not surprised one bit about it, just because of of especially uh, people around Hattiesburg know what type of dude he is, and you're going to get his A game every time he goes out there. All right, you, Al, feel the same way? Yeah, and, and let, let me tell you something. If, if, you're, if you're having success in AAA, uh, you're, you're just, you've only got somebody uh, up in the, in the majors that's keeping you from being there. But most of those guys uh, can, can, can go up and be called up and go and, and step in if they're either in the batter's box or on the bump and, and, and get the job done. They're all, those are all quality players. And they make good a good living there too, but they they uh, they're quality players. So he's he's a quality player playing with quality players, and he's just uh, one you know one move or two moves away from being up in the with the big league. All right, Luke. 
A couple other guys to, to make notice of. J.C. Keys double A right now for the Chattanooga Lookout. So far um, this year, he's one and one, two oh three ERA. He's got one save. He's uh, pitched thirteen in the third innings and struck out fifteen. And and now J.C. was that guy. Uh, you know, he was he was always uh, the velo was always there. But man, really, his out pitch and his specialty pitch, and you got to have one of those. Was that twelve to six curveball that would just fall off a cliff? And uh, especially if you know if he, if if the guy is sitting there, if a lot of batters, you know, they don't they're not like the, the, the when I coached, I, I liked to, I played. Uh, if you see it, hit it. If you can't see it, don't hit it. And it's uh, uh, but a lot of guys like to sit in certain situations on a fastball or whatever. And when you can throw that twelve six for a strike and have it drop in the mitt, that is that just locks your knees up. It's devastating. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah, absolutely. A couple more guys that we should make you notice of. Chucky Robinson, uh, he's still active. He's playing. He's on the same team as J.C. with Chattanooga. But then a guy that that, uh, we were kind of wondering where he would end up, Bradley Roney, was unassigned. Now he's with the New York Mets organization. He's with Syracuse. He's in AAA, and uh, he pitched as recently as as last night. So uh, Bradley Roney um, on on a minor league roster, and uh, of course, of course, Cody Carroll, who's uh, always kind of been up and down. He's with the Norfolk Tides, AAA for for Baltimore. So, so if you count Sandlin, um, Al, seven guys now, six in the minor leagues, and you know of those six still in the minor leagues, several of them got a, a pretty good opportunity. Um, to to land who and, and I don't think it'll happen this year, but who do you think would be the first one or two guys in the next one or two years that would possibly get a chance? Take Carroll out of that because he's been up, but the others. When you mentioned Ronnie, you know Ronnie was here with uh, with uh, the the uh, uh, Braves here in in Pearl, and uh, but he, he was always injured. But I, my recollection of Ronnie was that he had a devastating fastball, just a gun for. Him. For an arm, and so I don't know what what he's done to rehabilitate himself or whatever. But uh, if he's up there throwing at Triple A, he's he's got something going for him, and somebody's got their eye on him for sure. The uh, uh, I would say though, I think McCarty probably has the best chance. He he seems to be well liked in the Cleveland organization, and uh, they're they're going to be making some moves here, pitching wise, uh, coming up. And I don't know whether they're going to do some trading or or what, but I think there's some stuff. On the horizon. Hmm. How about that, McCarty and Sandlin on the on the roster for at the same time for the Cleveland Indians? How cool would that be, Al Holden? Wouldn't that be fun? Well, that would be good. All right, Alan, th- go ahead, finish so, up. One more thing, Mullins signed with the Eagles. I don't know if you mentioned that. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. I hate the Philadelphia Eagles. I love Nick Mullins, but boy, to see him in that old ugly green helmet is. Um, <laughs> Making me just a little bit sad. At least, at least they have a logo on their helmet, Bob. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and, and by the way, those folks down in Dallas are trembling right now. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Al. Al Holder, everybody. Brandon, Mississippi. We'll be right back. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. 
Eagle Hour continues, a new week. Good show for you today so far. Appreciate you tuning in, joining us on the Eagle Hour. Luke Johnson, Bob Getty from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg, and a beautiful but under construction downtown Laurel. Third segment brought to you every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill. It was Flag Day today, and this is why you go to 4th Street on their Facebook page, and this is why you check out what's happening on the 895 lunch. They had fried chicken breast over mashed potatoes and covered y'all with Cajun shrimp sauce today in honor of Flag Day. Mm. And it was only eight ninety five, and it came with a drink, too. So always go and check out uh, the menu. They put it out there. 4th Street Bar and Grill, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Kelly Sander joins us. And, uh, and Kelly, we were joking uh, going off air in, in that uh, previous segment. Bob was uh, janking on uh, the fact that Nick Mullins has to wear a, a Philadelphia helmet and i just uh, told him at least the philadelphia eagles have a logo on their helmet but here comes nick mullins he's crossing the united states going from san fran to philly jalen hurts joe flacco also the other two quarterbacks in that room um you know san fran obviously wasn't going to retain him after they drafted uh, trey lance but i tell you what i mean i think that that helps nick mullins helps philadelphia it helps jalen hurts and and uh good good for him moving to the nfc east I think what people might might underestimate in, in this signing, if anybody questions it, I don't, is is the integrity that Nick Mullins also brings to the table. He's a cerebral quarterback, exceptional, exceptionally smart, has a terrific professional work ethic, and is everything that you look for in a player that you want on your team. You know, might there be better statistical quarterbacks out there? I mean, that's arguable, you know. But you've got a young quarterback there in Philadelphia. Nick Mullins can, can bring him along, also teach him you know, the, the cerebral part of the game. Nick Mullins is just a good dude, you know, and, and would be a great teammate. So I, I applaud you know, the Eagles for obviously recognizing that in him. And, by the way, I think he's a pretty good quarterback, too. Again, there would be those that would argue. For example, Dennis O'Connell out of uh, San Francisco tweeted, um, LMAO, which is one of those, you know, laugh my whatever off, Prayers for Eagles fans. They better hope he doesn't play. Yeah, you know, and I just I don't see that. He must be know, a, a bitter Ole Miss fan. That's that must be what he be. <laughs> One more thing about Nick Mullins. He was in Oxford last week for the regional, cheering on the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. Indeed, was he was. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. That he's a great young man. He's just a great young man. No, no, no two ways about that. And, but Bob, I just wonder how you're going to handle this when they destroy the Washington football team. You know, now if Nick Mullins is at the helm, it'll be a little bit of a softer blow, I'm assuming. I've become so accustomed to it, Kelly. At this point, I'm, yeah, matter. I'm sort of like the Pink Floyd song, comfortably numb when it comes to the Redskins. <laughs> you're just looking for that uh, August 24th preseason matchup with the with the powerhouse Bengals. Huh? I get nervous when I think about it. I, I just I think the whole world will be on edge that weekend, and uh, yeah. certainly the NFL world will be. You guys especially, to think that you could even lose to Cincinnati is unthinkable. Hey, other things, you guys, a little bit about a lot of things, Conference USA News, West Virginia University has announced today that their men's soccer program will join Conference USA as a soccer-only participant in 2022. The response from Conference USA affiliates across the country is good. Now let us have your football team too. 
Uh, that's not likely to happen because West Virginia is in one of the Power Fives in the Big 12. But the West Virginia men's soccer team joining Conference USA in 2022. Now that the uh, baseball season is winding down and teams are punching their tickets to the World Series, LSU is one of those teams that will not be headed to Omaha. And Paul Maneri, the former coach, had announced that he was retiring whenever the season came to an end. He is officially retired as of this morning. And some early reports out of Baton Rouge are that they may pursue Ole Miss coach Mike Bianco as the head coach at LSU. Interesting, though, it might not be as easy a sell as you think because looking at numbers of baseball budgets across the country, Ole Miss has the fifth biggest baseball budget in the entire United States. At the Division One level, why would that be a step up in, in baseball to go from coaching Ole Miss to LSU? I don't, I don't personally don't see that as a huge step up, and that's why a lot of people think that it would be that it would be a tough sell. You know, yeah, I agree. Baseball tradition at LSU might be a Hold little on. more Stop. expensive than Ole Miss, but not much more. Stop. Rarely do I call you guys out on the show. LSU baseball is the greatest baseball program. Let me be a homer other than Southern Miss. LSU baseball is the, is the flagship baseball program. It is the Nick Saban of college baseball jobs. Nah. LSU, what are you talking about? Come on. Come on. LSU's, yeah, I mean, I, I, I get it. I get the LSU thing, but uh, I don't know. I don't know, Kelly. I, I well, I don't need to give your opinion, but uh, no, I know I'm I'm with I'm with you, Bob. I I see I see why it might be a trip, but I mean, if I think of of Plum, I mean the best baseball college jobs. I I think of Texas. I think of both Arizona schools, Arizona and Arizona State. You know, I think of um, you know Stanford, yeah, um, UCLA. Here, you know, here's the, the thing with LSU. The reason. Uh, Coach Marinari is retiring is because of the pressure, because he only won one national championship. That's what comes with LSU. So if you if you don't win it all pretty quick, there's pressure. But LSU by far, LSU, okay, I'll, I'll grant it that it may not that it, it could be argumentation for the number one job. It is no doubt the top three college baseball job in the country, like no doubt. Well, again, I mean, we can we can disagree about that, but but the point that I was bringing up is that let's just hypothetically say that he's their guy, that Bianco is their guy. Well, Ole Miss already has the fifth biggest baseball budget in the country, you know, and and LSU I'm sure is not far behind, but still, Ole Miss is the fifth biggest, and not the pressure necessarily that you have at LSU. That's right. So so I don't know that you know to Bob's point, I'm not sure that it would be. You know, financially or pressure-wise, a big step up. I, I think he would be pretty content staying at Ole Miss. But, you know, we're putting the cart ahead of the horse here. We're just talking about uh, potential replacements for Maneri, um at this point. Back on Southern Miss football, Peyton McKinnon, who is a big-time prospect that Southern Miss has gotten a verbal commitment from, he has said he is going to be in the Eagle Nest starting in July. Now, Peyton McKinnon, let me tell you about this guy. Played at Mississippi Gulf Coast. He is with a national championship team. He's an offensive lineman. He is 6'8", 310 pounds, and is one of the top linemen anywhere in the country. Played high school football at Terry, uh, and then again won a national championship at Gulf Coast. But Peyton McKinnon was recruited hard by a lot of schools, including the staff at Tulane, 
when some of the Southern Miss coaches were there. But he um, visited a couple weeks, a couple weekends ago. He says he's in. Peyton McKinnon will be ready to become an eagle. Look, you can't you can't ever have enough linemen on either side of the ball, and and he's a good one. Uh, we can talk about him in just a second. The only other note from uh, the JUCO ranks is Zacchaeus Burnett, who's a standout lineman for Oklahoma, has picked up a offer from Western Kentucky today. Hmm. So, but Peyton McKinnon, that's big news for a big guy and a big big time get for Will Hall and his staff. Only one uh, college still left playing baseball in Mississippi, and that, of course, is Mississippi State. Tonight they take on uh, Notre Dame in the uh, deciding game of that, Kelly. That's been a pretty entertaining series. And uh, am I going out on a limb? When, when I, I would say that it just appears to me overall Notre Dame has been the better team. Mm, see, I'm not sure about that either. The thing that has surprised me about all of these Super Regionals is that none of none of the games have really seemed to be close. You know, it's it's ten to one in favor of team A and then team B comes back with an eleven to two win the next day. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't seem we're getting these four to three nail biters that go extra innings. Um, you know, Ole Miss threw their stud left lefty out there and they clobbered Arizona, then Arizona comes back and clobbers them in the next two games. Uh, right. scoring double digit runs. Of course that shouldn't be a surprise. Arizona was the top top scoring team in the country this year. So they, they were able to produce runs, you know, one through nine. Every one of those guys can hit uh, on Arizona. Well, I but, say uh, that, Kelly, because Notre Dame, I believe I'm right about this, has put up 17 runs in two games against the Mississippi State pitching staff. Well, but, but with Mississippi State, they'll just go get another one of their 27 that they have on roster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It should be interesting. <laughs> and, and they're, yeah, they're gonna let me tell you what up. was a close game. At NC State, Arkansas game. That was fantastic. The number one team in the nation. Yeah, that was fantastic. Luke makes a good point. If if Mississippi State doesn't win tonight, they will have what, Luke? Had nine teams in the regionals, seven hosts, and only two make it to the World Series. Only two would make it there. And, yeah, it would would be Vandy. Tennessee. Tennessee. And Tennessee. There you go. Right, right. All Arkansas right. is out, and if Mississippi State loses that, they also lose their corporate sponsorship from Little Debbie. <laughs> we'll be back. Kelly Center will uh, wrap up the show with us. Hang on. Southern Miss to the top. Final segment on this Monday brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training. DBATHattiesburg.com. Summer camp's going on. Great place to get in shape. Great place to get instruction for your kids and uh, their team, teammates. It's all there at DBAT and D1 Training on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. NCAA baseball, two games today. Dallas Baptist right now. 
leading Virginia in the top of the fifth. That is the Columbia Super Regional. It's the only Super Regional that is being played outside of uh, either one of the schools simply because uh, Virginia was a three, Dallas Baptist was a three, and uh, Columbia uh, was, of course, uh, one of the 20 sites selected for that. Old Dominion was the number one in Columbia and uh, you know couldn't advance. So Dallas Baptist uh, leading 2-1, to one, top of the fifth. The other game tonight at 6 p.m., Notre Dame and Mississippi State in Starkville. Uh, the winners of both of those games uh, will round out the eight teams in the College World Series, which is uh, next coming weekend. I want to ask you guys this. This is pretty interesting to me, too, and I think it speaks to the fact that the rest of the sports world uh, misses out. And uh, Bob and Kelly, comment comment on this. Kelly, I, I'll go with you first. You know, we, we got a deciding national game for one of the last spots in the College World Series on Monday afternoon at, at 1 o'clock, and it's on ESPNU, and there ain't nothing on ESPN2 this time of the day. Tonight, I'm not sure if it's an ESPN2 broadcast. Okay, it is an ESPN2 broadcast from Starkville. But it just seems like to me that, you know, college baseball, why is it that college baseball doesn't receive more front-face recognition nationally than what it does? Boy, I wish I knew the answer to that. I mean, when the WNBA, you know, with all due respect, um, (laughs) if you base it on attendance, you know, and – Nobody, nobody follows the WNBA, but they get a network deal, you know. And college baseball, um, you know, I, I think it's getting, I think it's getting there, but um, I don't know the answer to that. That's a great question, and I, you know, I'm kind of pulling for Dallas Baptist uh, because there's a, you know, a Cinderella story, uh, a school that used to be, you know, NAIA, and actually, uh, Dallas Baptist had petitioned to Conference USA. To, to be a member of Conference USA, but because Dallas Baptist doesn't have a wide variety of sports, the conference uh, said no. But can you imagine if Dallas Baptist, baseball-wise, was in the conference as well? That'd be you fantastic, know, with, yeah. yeah. Yeah, another, another uh, great team. That you'd have I, to I'm with, with you there, Kelly. I'm pulling for Dallas Baptist. I, I pull for the small schools. I, I think it's I think it's refreshing when you see new new teams in the World Series uh, you know, sort of like the college football championship when it's Alabama and Clemson every year. It gets a little old if you're not right. in Alabama. But go back to Luke's point that I, I saw times during the regionals where you had some great baseball games on the ESPN app and women's softball on ESPN. So I, I don't I don't understand either. I, I don't get it, Luke. It's a I great am, sport. I'm pulling f- – I'm pulling for Virginia today, and this is what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm going to be watching it uh, later this afternoon, and simply because an, an urban legend—or no, I'm sorry—a legend, a college baseball legend, legend has emerged out of the Virginia program. If you, if you, if listeners or either one of you two guys have not checked out Stephen Skosh, the closer for Virginia. Just go watch the interviews that he's done in the last week. The guy is, is pretty notable because when he closes out a game, he will just go crazy and just throw his glove like a wild man. They interviewed him last week, and they said, how do you you know perform so well? He said, dude, there's a lot harder things to do in life than simply come in and strike out the side. And they asked him specifically, how do people talk noise to you? And he said, well, I love dipping Dots. And somebody came in, and they said – 
hey, if you blow it, we'll give you dipping dots. And I was like, man, that's that's pretty tempting. I may blow this game. But then I realized that if we win today and we win tomorrow, I get more per diem and I can buy myself more dipping dots. Have you seen the price of dipping dots with inflation right now? This guy's a legend. And because of him, Steven Scosche, the closer, I am pulling for Virginia Cavaliers. Yeah, been been entertaining watching the regionals, no question about that. Um, I've got a great guest coming up tomorrow, Kelly, a guy you know a lot about, Neville Barr, former uh, you know, outstanding football coach at Oak Grove, going to give us a preview of what coaches are going through uh, this time of the year. Probably no one knows more about that than, than that gentleman. Would you agree with that? I, I, I agree. And you know, Bob, I saw, I know we're getting close to the end of the show here, but I saw Neville Barr Saturday night. And he came up to me and he said, now look, he said, you heard it here first. And he said, I'm not joking. He said, I have analyzed all these college teams coming up in this coming season. And he said, Kelly, you heard it here first. Iowa State will be in the Final Four. Oh, Kelly, come on. Quit dreaming now, Kelly. Ask him. Ask him. Tomorrow. Kelly, the the counseling's not helping, is it? No, I said the same thing, Bob. I said, Neville, we're trying so hard to keep kids off drugs. And you're going around. (laughs) Talking about Iowa State well, being in the Final Four, he they're, said they're changing the, the mascot, aren't they? I don't think so. They're changing it to the uh, the Jaws. They're not going to be the Cyclones anymore because Iowa State always manages to snatch uh, defeat from the Jaws of victory. <laughs> oh, Happens every ouch. single year. Uh, but, but they got Brees Hall, maybe the number one running back. They got you know the, the quarterback Purdy out of uh, Phoenix, Arizona. He's going to be a top okay, quarterback. Kelly. Watch out for those yeah, Cyclones. And the things. Bengals are going to win the AFC championship. No, 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 yeah, no. Let's, 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 Right, there goes go. the chances blowing away. Yeah, there it goes, like wind, dust in the wind. Kelly Sander will be back tomorrow with more fantasies. Luke and I will be back as well. We're looking you forward to having uh, Coach Barr on the show. <laughs> Until tomorrow, Southern Miss. To the top. Into the future. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.